0: by the message of an angel may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord Amen
1: Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth Catholic Radio for Your Soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone Live from the KATH 9:10 a.m. studios in Las Colinas, and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show.
0: And good afternoon. Welcome to the Good News Show here on KATH 9:10 a.m. Guadalupe Radio Network. Glad to be with you live again. Uh, last week, I guess, no, I wasn't live. You know, we weren't here at all no. because uh, <laughs> I was on vacation. We were all off because of the share-a-thon, So. First time in two weeks that we are with you for this program. Glad you are out there. Glad you're listening, and we've got an interesting and kind of different show for you today. Because uh, I had originally last week said that Cecil and Diane, because I was going to be out on vacation, we went down to South Padre Island as a family. I said you guys host the show, and then I realized well there wasn't going to be a show. And I knew that I was going to be scrambling, getting back into town. So I said, "You guys book the first half of the show." And so Diane and Sissor are going to be doing an interview here in a few minutes uh, with Becky Vasaski, uh, focusing on religious liberty issues. Yes. Right?
2: This week is Religious Liberty Week. Okay. Uh, the USCCB declared it this week, and so we're going to be discussing that. And you know, religious freedom is being attacked in our oh, country yeah. right now. Yeah. And there's and the recent Supreme Court decision on Title VII. Uh, just came down last week, last Monday, and, um, Becky will be discussing that and how it affects the pro-life community and us as Catholics.
0: Alright, alright, so Cecil and Diane will do that one, and then interesting, also a little twist, because typically on the, uh, fourth uh Monday of the the month which I trust this is uh we have Dr Sanford in from the University of Dallas he's the provost and also a professor of philosophy and he always brings a guest with him somebody who's a, a professor at UD or some connection to UD and he sent me an email last week, and he said, "How about if you are my guest, speaking to me, not 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 Sisal, not <laughs> Diane?" I, and and he said, "You're a graduate of U.D. I mean, I got my master's there, and he wants to talk about Thomistic philosophy, which uh, I teach a class on that and for you, homeschool you're kids. You're an expert on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it'd be false humility to say I'm not, uh, but it's it's a different kind of expert. It's not like I'm teaching at the collegiate level. I'm not." Uh, you know, I I don't have you a are PhD well-versed. I, I have read the Summa thoroughly. I've taught it many, many years. You wrote uh, a book on it? I wrote a book on it. And I, and I, you know, I think the best way to learn something is to teach it and mm-hmm. also to get questions that are asked. And, you know, Dr. Sanford is a true uh, academic, you know, PhD philosopher. And I, and I don't put myself in that category. Uh, but I am a guy who um, has read and studied and taught the Summa extensively for like the last 10 years, and I feel like I have a pretty, you know, good knowledge of it, but... It'll be an interesting conversation. So Dr. Sanford will be leading that interview. It's going to be, it's hard when you're so used to interviewing people to be interviewed. <laughs> no, don't, you, don't you, turn the tables, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> I won't say like, why did you ask me that question? You know, it's something like that, but like the question
3: yeah, I really want to answer.
0: And I know we've only got a few minutes here before we get Becky on, but we want to talk uh, as a group, the three of us about the summer speaker series event Woo. because yes. tickets went on sale for the first time a week, one week ago today, right?
2: They did. It's so exciting. And yeah. people are starting to go online and purchase the tickets. Yeah. But we have room for a lot more. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we do. So here's the here's the deal. The the event is on, as you've heard in all the spots, and uh Sissel and uh Sam uh Cavana, our our intern, did this really cool spot which we're gonna play here in a second, which I think is really clever. And as you'll hear in the spot, we have two options. You can either come out to the Frontiers of Flight Museum one month from tomorrow, July twenty third, Thursday evening and see and be with our keynote speaker, Monsignor Charles Pope, uh, as he talks about a summons to courage. I like that. That's such a great title. A summons to courage because we all are, whether you like it or not, you're gonna be, we're gonna face an opportunity to be courageous. I don't think it's an option anymore. Uh, you either stay silent and you try to be nice and keep everybody happy and uh, I don't think I want to ruffle any feathers. Uh, it, it, it's coming to you. I mean, it's not, it's not an option any longer. We have to be courageous. Uh, I thought Joe McLean had an outstanding show this morning. We talked about some uncomfortable topics. And so Monsignor Charles Pope is a priest in the Archdiocese of DC. And he's not the kind of guy that skirts the, the hard topics. And, and he's right there in the, the, really the, the capital of the free world in Washington DC. And, and so I'm really excited that he's coming. And so there's two options. You can either come out to the um, to the to be with us, and if you do that, you'll be there in person at the Frontiers of Fight Museum. We're gonna have food. Uh, DeVivo Brothers is going to bring their big fire truck.
2: I'm so excited about this that. is <laughs> something different bringing out the fire truck <laughs> yeah, for also a live cooked pizza. It's yeah. delicious, I bet.
0: Yeah, oh John DeVivo says that they can heat up their fire truck oven. It's a fire truck that's been basically converted into a, like a little mobile restaurant. Uh, 800 degrees. Oh my and gosh. And they, they can cook pizzas in two minutes. That's awesome. You know, I know when, normally when we put a pizza in the oven, it takes about 15, 16 yeah. minutes yeah. to cook. Yeah. In two minutes, he can cook multiple pizzas. So he's just going to be delivering the pizzas. So we're going to have uh compl- you know, wine there. We're going to have uh lemonade and tea and, you know, non-alcoholic beverages like that. And dessert, too. And dessert, yes. Oh, most now- important. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate chip cookies. Uh-huh. And then you might be thinking, ah, I don't know. I don't think I want to. You know going by the way, those tickets are fifty dollars if you want to come out all you can eat pizza from the fire truck hook hooks and ladder is that what it's called
3: it's a hook and ladder company yeah okay yeah, hook and
0: ladder little... and uh, if you want to come out, we have three hundred tickets mm. okay now here's something that uh, so, so you and I may not uh, realize um or thought about our sponsors get tickets okay if you if you're a five thousand oh, yeah. dollars sponsor and we have several of those they get eight tickets if you're twenty five hundred you get six tickets if you're a thousand, you get four tickets. We have a lot of sponsors, and so a lot of tickets are already spoken for. Uh, I would say probably in the category of about a hundred. Wow. Okay, we've sold about 15 tickets uh, just in this last week. Okay, with you know relatively low promotion, uh, there aren't that many tickets left. Right. You know, I'd say under 200 tickets remain. Wow. Okay, that that's just my guess. I don't have the exact number. I will tomorrow because we have a committee meeting. So this is all to say that if you want to come to the event and you want to be there in person with us, we might have to have face masks. We'll just abide by whatever you know rules and laws that they're imposing. Uh, get to grnonline.com and buy your tickets because I I really do believe this will sell out because we can only have 50% capacity and that's 300 people. And they're going to go fast, and so please buy your tickets quickly. And don't wait, because there might only be the streaming option, which we'll talk about now, is that because of the circumstances, we're also going to do a live stream.
3: Yeah.
0: And kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool where you're thinking, well, what if I do the live stream? That means I don't get pizza? I
3: know. It's not so sad. <laughs> if only we had thought that one through. I
0: know. I know. Only. What's the solution? <laughs> so this is actually, I, I will give credit to Toya Hall, our, our VP. She's the one that thought of this. And she said, well, how about if we deliver pizzas to everybody who does and the, Now, I say deliver. It's not guaranteed delivery. All we're saying is we're going to give you a pizza. Okay. And it's going to be from EFR Tellies and where you're going to get a coupon for a pizza, a large, well, however many toppings pizza you want. And then you have to work out, be it to be delivered or you go pick it up. There's like 17, 18, um, yeah, uh, around
2: the yeah, around
0: the metroplex. So depending on where you live, you might get it delivered. You have to you know, pay the tip on your own. Uh, so we're going to give you a coupon for a, I say free, it's not really free because you're paying $35 for the stream. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got to pay $35 to get the stream and then you get a pizza. Okay. From nice.
2: Yeah. For those who can't make it out to the event. And so it's really,
0: it's kind of every, everybody, if you're like, Hey, I'm ready to get out there. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over this COVID thing. I I just want to be in person. I want to be able to say hi to people and uh, be with Monsignor Pope. Come on out. If you're in the other camp and you're like, eh, I'm not quite ready yet. I'm, I'm still a little nervous about the COVID thing. Well, stay at home and watch it on, on, your screen, on your TV, on your computer. You're going to get a pizza to, to be delivered or, uh, or what have you. Uh, so it, one size fits all, uh, for this event, but, uh, I, I, I think it's unlimited stream. If you know, if you want to order the stream, you're going to probably have to do it at least about five days because we got to get the coupon to you. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going to buy your tickets and be there, I highly recommend that you go and get your tickets today because uh, I'm almost certain it's going to sell out. Mm-hmm.
2: Would you agree? I think so. I yeah. Think so. Yeah. I think people are ready to get out there. And- yeah.
0: Yeah. And last thing I'll say, we have a sponsor, Homeschool Connections. I talked about my conversation with Dr. Sanford about uh, the Thomistic philosophy and the Summa. I teach uh, a class for homeschool kids. A lot more people are doing homeschooling or schooling <laughs> at home these days. And if you want uh, me to teach your high school or middle school student the entire summa over two semesters, uh, sign up for Homeschool Connections, uh, An Introduction to the Summa Theologia. It's a really good class. I'm very proud of uh, of uh, how I teach it and the response that I get from the kids, mature middle school or high school students. Uh, and it's uh, home uh homeschoolconnectionsonline.com i think that's the website i'll verify that i should know that
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right Maybe. so it's 10 after i'm throwing it over to you guys and um
3: yeah it's all yours okay
2: awesome sounds great all right, thank you so much, Dave, for that. And please, uh, folks, if you want to get out there, purchase tickets online at grnonline.com for the Summer Speaker Series event this July 23rd with Monsignor Charles Pope as our guest speaker. Now, this week is a special week. The USCCB, the United States of Catholic Conference of Bishops, uh, design- designated this week June 22nd through June 29th as Religious Freedom Week. You know, this is the successor to the Fortnight for Freedom, which was held from 2012 to 2017. This will be celebrated, the Religious Freedom Week will be celebrated in dioceses nationwide this week. And throughout the week, they were going to focus on the importance of preserving the essential rights of religious freedom, both now and in the future, for Catholics and people of all faith. This year's theme is for the good of all, and it's having it's happening on a special feast day, uh, which is today's feast day. Is Saint Thomas More and John Fisher are remembered for being martyred in 1535 for standing up for the sanctity of marriage and the freedom of the church in opposition to England's King Henry the Seventh. Religious freedom was founded to allow people of faith to serve others in God's love through ministries like education. Adoption and foster care, health care, as well as migration and refugee services. And during this week, there's various things the faithful can do to celebrate it. And I would advise you to visit the USCCB's website online to get more information about how you can celebrate Religious Freedom Week. Joining us now to talk about Religious Freedom Week And how it affects us Catholics is Becky Visosky, Executive Director of the Catholic Pro-Life Community. Becky, welcome to the program. Hello, Becky. Welcome to the program.
4: Hi, Diane. It's great to be on.
2: Thank you so much for joining us during Religious Freedom Week. First of all, tell us exactly what is Religious Freedom Week and why is it being celebrated?
4: Well, people might remember that several years ago when the Health and Human Services put down what become known as the contraceptive mandate under the prior administration, um, our U.S. bishops, our Catholic Church, really stepped up and spoke out about how it was a violation of the religious freedom of uh, organizations and companies that were led by faithful Christians and Catholics to have to support not only contraception but abortifacients in insurance policies. Um, well, that fight, unfortunately, continues to go on for several groups, like Little Sisters of the Poor. Um, but the, the week that was created to bring some uh, acknowledgement and some awareness to that issue was Fortnight for Freedom. Um, that has now morphed into Religious Freedom Week. So every year, the U.S. bishops call us to prayer and reflection and action on the importance of religious freedom, known as sort of the first right here in the United States of America. It's a precious uh, right that is enshrined in our Constitution. And this gives us a chance this week to bring awareness and learn about areas where that right is being threatened abroad here domestically and what it means to take that to prayer and to take that to action.
2: Now, I know there was a recent Supreme Court decision regarding Title VII that you wanted to talk about. Tell us about that ruling and how it affects our religious freedom.
4: Well, there are of course a multitude of issues that are out there that are facing us when it comes to religious freedom and we've been dealing with how it's affecting adoption agencies and foster care agencies, um, you know, a variety of different areas like Little Sisters of the Poor and uh their concerns about insurance coverage that would include contraception and abortive patients. But most recently there is a case, a Title Seven case, which is what enshrines um, the you know, the the prohibition of dis Discrimination based on uh, race and sex and religious practices um, and, among some other things, um, some protected classes. And what is most concern, concerning is that the U.S. Supreme Court just issued a decision that indicated that part of sex is gender dysphoria. Um, in other words, um, if someone is prohibited em- employment based on the fact that they ha- identify as transgender or Um, because of their practices of same-sex attraction, um, that that is now discriminatory under Title VII. And, of course, that's incredibly concerning um, to organizations of faith, um, like our own organization, CPLC, but of, of churches across the country, of what does that mean when it comes to being honest to our own consciences that, um, you know that when we enact on when we act on same sex attraction or we give in to gender dysphoria that that 's not a part of god 's beautiful plan for the you know the two complementary genders and now with this new u s supreme court uh, decision it 's really invading our ability to ensure that we 're able to act in accord with our faith and our conscience. Um, Not even and even more so concerning, you know, is kind of the greater issues of how that intersects with the Constitution, how that intersects with the separation of powers, because there were efforts both in Congress and um, by the executive branch to uh, to protect those those areas of conscience, to protect that religious freedom. And the U.S. Supreme Court stepped in and stopped all of that. Um, Basically, you know, the small body of the U.S. Supreme Court came in and acted as Congress, Congress and enshrined this new law in our country, much like they did with Roe v. Wade back in
2: 1973. Okay, I'm going to read a sh- statement by the President of the U.S. Uh, Ca- Conference of Catholic Bishops, Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. who had this to say about the Supreme Court ruling on Title VII. I am deeply concerned that the U.S. Supreme Court... Has it effectively redefined the legal meaning of sex in our nation's civil rights law? This is an injustice that will have implications in many areas of life. By erasing the beautiful differences and complementary relationship relationship between man and woman, we ignore the glory of God's creation and harm the human family, the first building block of society. Our sex, whether we are male or female, is part of God's plan for creation and for our lives. As Pope Francis has taught with such sensitivity... To live the truth with God's intended gifts in our lives requires that we receive our bodily and sexual identity with the gratitude from our creator. No one can find true happiness by pursuing a path that is contrary to God's plan. Every human person is made in the image and likeness of God and without exception must be treated with dignity, compassion, and respect. Protecting our neighbors from such discrimination, unjust discrimination, does not require redefining human nature. We pray that the Church, with the help of Mary, the Mother of God, will be able to continue her mission to bring Jesus Christ in every man and woman. So what does that statement mean, Becky, uh, for us as Catholics?
4: Well, I think what the U.S. bishops are trying to communicate and really reflected beautifully is that God Created us as uniquely female, uniquely male, and that is such an integral part of both our religion and natural law of of the foundation of society of coming together as family, as coming together um, you know as woman and man and then mother and father, and perpetuating our society, and our values through the family that is so foundational to who we are that the more we chip away at that, the more we chip away at the definition of marriage, the more we chip away at the at the definition of what it means to be female and male, we're literally undermining the entire foundation of society. But what I think it's important to point out about Religious Freedom Week is while all of these things are important, um, while it's incredibly important to stand by what we believe in, to Stand by our conscience, it's not just a point of disagreement for the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is out there doing great social services in hospitals, in adoption agencies, in foster care agencies, um, in schools. I mean, the Catholic Church is, you know, basically the largest charitable organization in the world and has contributed immensely to the good of our community. And when the government steps in and insists that its view, or the view of just nine people in the Supreme Court, that their view of gender ideology is so important that it has to up upend religious um, religious freedom. It then upends all of those social services because it puts an obstacle in the way of the Catholic Church of doing good, and that that's uh, the, the whole theme of Religious Freedom You Know Week of good for all that the, we want to have the freedom to serve, the freedom to be there for the most most vulnerable. We're not trying to insist or impose our views on others. We're simply saying, can we have the freedom to stand by our own views so that we can go out into the public square and serve others? We don't serve because others are Catholic, but rather because we are Catholic. Our Catholicism is what calls us to service, but it also calls us to believe in in the truth of creation as God intended. Those two things go hand in hand. So if the government comes in and steps on one, it creates an obstacle to the second, and both are critical parts of a healthy functioning society.
2: Yes, in Catholic teaching, the Second Vatican Council declared in Dignitatis Humana, number two, that the human person has a right to religious freedom. This freedom means all men, women are immune from coercion on the part of individuals or of social groups and of any human power in such ways that no one is to be forced to act in a manner contrary to his or her own beliefs, whether privately or publicly, whether alone or in association with others. Within due limits, religious liberty is protected in the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution as well as in federal and state laws and reaches beyond our ability to go to Mass on Sunday or pray the Rosary at home. It also encompasses our ability to contribute freely to the common good of all Americans. Now, Becky, how is the Catholic pro-life community observing Religious Freedom Week?
4: Well, first and foremost, putting out the information, just making people aware. Just now we sent out you know, the first uh, wave of information about religious freedom, giving people tools to pray and reflect throughout the week, um, as well as giving them the news updates of where there are critical areas where our religious freedom can, can be under attack. It's really important that we stay aware because when we lose our vigilance, that's when we begin to lose critical rights. It's so important because if we step back and we don't pay attention, we're going to turn around and we're going to be living in a very different country where, as you put it, it's not simply about going to church on Sunday. Um, It's also about living out your faith. But even now, in the state of health emergency, going to church on Sunday has become at risk. We're looking at efforts in our country to basically undermine some of the religious exceptions that are in place so people can gather for their faith. Um, you know, there are multiple states. There are some activist groups out there that are saying there should be no religious exemptions, that people should be persecuted if they decide to gather for, for church services. So we see that this is, this is the danger. When you start to allow attacks against religious freedom into our culture, then when we have emergency states like the coronavirus, that religious freedom has been devalued. The foundation has already been laid to place it at risk. So when we see when emergencies happen right now, which, of course, we need to abide by health concerns. Of course, we need to be careful that we don't put other people at risk. But absolutely, our freedom, uh, uh, our religious freedom should be taken into account when we're looking at the public interest, when we're looking at the public good. And there are organizations out there who are saying that is irrelevant that we shouldn't even be concerned about religious freedom, even though it's enshrined in our constitution. So this is the very reason why we have to be vigilant, because if we allow those attacks in small ways, they will only get larger and larger, and then the magnifying glass will come in during states of emergency about what do we really find important, what do we truly prioritize in our country where we claim to be free
3: yeah, and Becky, um you talk about the first thing we need to do is obviously we need to have the knowledge about what's going on. We need to be aware of what um, various things that are happening in our religious religious excuse me, religious freedom. Um but also, I'm assuming a big part of this week is also a lot of prayer. Uh, the USCCB put up um, a lot of reflections for each of those focuses for um, the this week. Um, do you know about any other organized prayer that's taking place, whether virtually or not that we can join in on? Well, the best thing to do is um, if you go to uh, the website for the
4: USCCB, if you go to usccb.org slash religious freedom, they will have daily reflections that you can participate. So there alone you know that you're connecting with the entire country in prayer. We'll be posting things on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram um, at ProLife Dallas that will allow people to participate in prayer throughout the week and so that they can be connected virtually. In this time where we're not able to really come together safely in large groups, that's really the best way. And that's what's so beautiful is about the universality of the Catholic Church is that if we're all saying, saying the same prayer, whether we are physically together or not, we are united spiritually. So if you Go to our website, ProLifeDallas.org, or you go to USCCB.org slash uh, Religious Freedom. You'll find those daily reflections um, where you can carry this issue to prayer and really reflect on what it means um, to to abide by your conscience and ensure that those protections are in places for others. Absolutely.
3: Um, And so... After this week, Religious Freedom Week has come and gone. Uh, What do you encourage people to do after this week? They're like, I prayed, I read more. What can we do in the future throughout the whole year? What are the things that we um, Catholics should be doing daily?
4: Absolutely. Well, the the great thing is is that if you sign up for the uh if you sign up for the newsletter to the usccb.org, you get religious freedom news and so they will continue to give you information about religious freedom issues throughout the year so you can stay, you know, you can stay abreast of what's going on um and that way you can ensure that even when it's not religious freedom week you can be a part of you know the efforts to continue to protect it um you can also very easily go to um you can on your phone right now you can text freedom to 84576 again that's freedom to 84576 or go to religiousfreedomweek.org, religiousfreedomweek.org. Either one of those will allow you to sign up for First Freedom News, and so that you're going to be getting text updates or you'll get email updates, and those go on throughout the year um, so that you can stay abreast and carry things to prayer.
2: Yes, each week, um, each day that is, the USCCB has a theme for Religious Week, which the faithful can pray, reflect, and participate in. And today's theme or reflection is freedom to serve in health care, such as the, uh, we, the to respect the consciousness of the little sisters of the poor and all Christians who care for the sick and vulnerable. Uh, Becky, can you talk about how uh, freedom to serve in health care affects us as far as Religious Freedom Week?
4: Absolutely. Well of course our, you know, our healthcare practitioners who are critical in this time. Um, it's really important that they're able to act within accord with their conscience. And, you know, where that comes up a lot is whether or not they should be required to do things like perform abortions, refer for abortions, perform gender um, transition sur- uh, surgeries. The more and more that medical practices are testing the bounds of ethics, the more and more it's important for our healthcare practitioners to be able to act in accord with their consciences. It used to be, you know, in the past – that, you know, we would have scientific technology when, it, when there were chances for adva- advancements, that healthcare practitioners had the rights of conscience to say, okay, is this good for my patients? Is this ethical? But now the default tends to be if it's possible, you should be doing it, and that you don't have a right to basically look at it through your own ethical lens, and that's really problematic given some of the tests, of technology advancements against ethics right now, when we're dealing things like with like cloning, when we're dealing with things like IVF, um, when we're dealing with things like where you're change, you know, basically the potential to really change the DNA of a human being before they're born. Let alone things like abortion and gender uh, and gender transition surgeries that are, you know, much more prevalent. Um, We really faced this, for example, during the health emergency, where we had abortion facilities that wanted to stay open, that insisted on the fact that abortions had to continue while everyone else was focused on saving lives. We know what the motivations are there. We know the profit motivations, and a healthcare provider should be able to step back and say, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of death for money. But right now there is a really strong lobby to push against that where they're saying every nurse, every doctor has to be willing to, if not refer, but possibly perform abortions. And so that's why it's so critically, critically important to enshrine conscious protections for our healthcare workers or we're going to lose good, solid, wise, intelligent, and gifted practitioners. We're going to end up undermining the entire healthcare care practice if we start limiting the ability of these providers to act with their own conscience.
2: Yes, thank you for that. And other themes for this week are respect for houses of worship. Um, you know, we pray that all people of all faiths who would be free to worship without fear of attacks and harassment. And other uh, themes include religious minorities in China, adoption and foster care, and border wall dispute in the Diocese of Brownsville, Catholic schools, Central African Republic, and civilize it. Becky, closing thoughts?
4: Only closing thought is just I encourage people to get out there and become aware. Visit ProLifeDallas.org this week. It will be on our homepage. Go to USCCB.org. They will have information. Like I said, you can text Freedom, um, and all of that information will allow you to become more informed so that you can be a part of the solution because really it's on us. If we sit back and we don't take the actions we need to take, um to ensure that our rights are protected then it's on us if something uh, if we continue to see you know the chipping away at this most basic right if folks text freedom to 84576 Visit ProLifeDallas.org or ReligiousFreedomWeek.org. Any of that will allow them to get the most up-to-date information, the, the daily prayers and reflection, so we can all be a part of the solution to ensure that our most basic, our first right of religious freedom is protected in our country.
2: Becky, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll be right back after a few minutes.
0: Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Becky. I just wanted to say one thing. I meant to do this at the beginning. Great job, Diane, by the way. And Cicl, Uh great interview. Very informative. Very important topic, too. You picked a great one. Uh, I meant to say that Sissel and Sam put together this really cool spot for the Summer Speaker Series event. Remember, I told you there's two ways to come in person or the live stream. Here's 30 seconds. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you, uh, uh, it also has all the information that you need as far as getting those tickets. Okay. So here's the spot. And we're going to take a few minute break and then Dr. Sanford will be in to interview a wow, just a fascinating guest in this next segment. I am so impressed. All right, we'll be back.
4: Hello?
3: Sam, guess what? What? Our Summer Speaker Series tickets are on sale right now. Really? Yes, it is going to be a great night. We are calling it Monsignor Pope and Pizza. Not only can you come to the Frontiers of Flight Museum on July 23rd, you can also watch the event online with our at-home access, and either way you join us, you will get a pizza. That's great. Uh Just one question. Why did you call me? We're in the same room. <sighs> it makes for more exciting radio, Sam. Oh. Go to grnonline.com to get your tickets today. Sacred Heart Books and Gifts is once more open to the public. For your safety and convenience, they will still offer to-go orders by phone or email for mailing and curbside pickup. Further developments, updates, and virtual shopping merchandise photos can be found at their website, sacredheartdallas.com, or give them a call at 972-250-2100. Sacred Heart is a longtime sponsor of KATH 910AM.
1: The Guadalupe Radio Network welcomes the family practice of Doctors Rafino Pereira and Basilico as a new sponsor. Doctors Rafino Pereira and Basilico
4: practice according to the teachings of the Catholic faith and see patients Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. till
0: 4.30 p.m. They're located in North Dallas on Preston Road between the George Bush Turnpike and Frankfort Road.
4: Both doctors are bilingual, Spanish and English. They specialize treating the whole family in all areas of medicine and invite you to call 972-267-6653. 972-267-6653.
0: This is David Cedeno, editor of The Texas Catholic. Even during the social distancing, we're working hard to keep you connected to your Catholic community with uplifting stories of faith, hope, and charity from around our diocese, and in Spanish too. The print edition is now coming to subscribers weekly rather than bi-weekly in order to bring you more. And of course, you can also find us at texascatholic.com and our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. The Texas Catholic, working hard for you to keep you connected to Him.
1: Are you wondering what to do with the house and need to talk with someone who can explain your options? My name is Jake, and as
5: real estate investors, my brother Gerald and I are working to resolve real estate issues in your local area. We're proud sponsors of this great radio station. So, if you're looking for an offer or simply like to explore your different choices, then our number to call is
1: 682-317-9330, or you can simply visit us at 911myhouse.com. The KATH 910 AM 2020 Summer Speaker Series event is on Thursday, July 23rd with guest speaker Monsignor Charles Pope.
0: you got a prayer. You're going to fall into temptation, says the Lord. What is temptation? It's the work of the devil to drag you to hell. Stay awake and be watchful. I really care about your soul. Talk to me. Come to me. Don't give up on me. Stay in this deep, prayerful communion with me. I
1: want it to continue to grow because this relationship is a saving relationship. Tickets are on sale now at grnonline.com.
0: <clears throat> Gosh, that's bad timing. Hi, welcome back. Uh, Sissel's laughing at me. Don't do that, Sissel. Uh, alright. This is, uh, the, uh, Good News Show here on KTH 9, 10 a.m. I was so ready, you know. I just, here I am. And then all of a sudden, Sissel points at me. I'm on the ear and I get something in my throat. But anyways, we're back and we like once a month to do what we call the UD segment uh, of the Good News Show. And, uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford, who is the provost and professor of philosophy at the University of Dallas, comes in and he always brings somebody that has some connection to the university with with him, and uh, I mentioned earlier who his guest is today, but I'm going to let him formally. Uh, I, I don't see a guest anywhere, uh, but uh, he he has a guest in mind. So good to see you. Thanks for coming in.
5: Good to see you, Dave. It's it's really a pleasure to be here once again. And you know, I I was as I was thinking a couple of weeks ago about how to how to frame this particular conversation. Um, I I had Aquinas on my mind. I just finished teaching of course on Aquinas in the spring and um I also had on my mind the fact that that a certain someone with a, a with a certain place here at <laughs> um, the the radio station has has made a, a lifelong affair of the study of Aquinas and and um and that someone is you are a graduate of the University of Dallas yeah. you received your master's degree in in what year was it Dave
0: it was, uh, gosh, uh, um, gosh, that's so funny. Uh, 2013. 2013. Yeah, so it's about seven years ago.
5: Right. So we, we had Dr. Glicksman on last time and, and, uh, Dr. Glicksman mentioned that he, he, um, had been on your, I think your
0: oral, your oral, oral exam, yes.
5: uh, panel and, and, uh, uh, you made it through with flying colors.
0: <laughs> so, I made it through. Let's just yeah. say that.
5: <laughs> but, but, you know, I, 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 um, um, I think, one of the, the real fruits of the education that we provide um, is to see our alumni in the way in which they are taking what they have learned from the university and um, sharing it with others mm-hmm. and trying to transform the world and promote the the, uh, the culture of life and love that we're all called to support. So I, I want to interview you, Dave, and, and just ask you a few questions. And then I thought our, our discussion could really focus on um, the, the importance of Thomism, not just for the formation of Mm -hmm. an individual thinking about how to think well about nature or God or what have you. But the importance of Thomism for our own day and age, the importance importance of Thomism for um cultural renewal mm-hmm. and and uh, many other things besides. So both you and I share a, a love of Aquinas and I think we'll have some interesting things to explore there. But first what what drew you to the study of Aquinas? When when did that when did that begin
0: for you? Well, what happened is working in Catholic Radio. I've I've worked in Catholic Radio now for uh, since 2000 gosh, four, 2005, so it's been, you know, a good what 15 uh, 16 years or so. And I was so interested in all things Catholic mm-hmm. and listening to Catholic radio all the time by, and getting the, the, the degree. And my degree at UD took a long time because I first started with the Institute for Pastoral Studies, mm-hmm. uh, and then, uh it, it literally took me about 10 years to finish, and then I entered into the regular master's program. So I'm kind of doing this side by side. I'm taking classes. I'm working in Catholic radio. I'm learning so much about my faith. And in the meantime, I'm realizing there's so much to learn. You'll spend your entire life... Uh, trying to learn everything the Catholic Church teaches, and you're never, you're even going to get the, the tip of the iceberg because there's so much. Mm-hmm. And I heard speaker after speaker after speaker referring to Aquinas. Aquinas says this. Aquinas says that. Let's see what Aquinas says. And finally, I just one day said, I got to, I got to read this guy. Yeah. I, I just, I hear so much, and you know, this is you know seven eight hundred years old, and he's still kind of the gold standard of the Catholic Church, and people mm-hmm. are referring to him constantly. And so I, it was almost like an inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Um, I went over to Sacred Heart Bookstore in Dallas, mm-hmm. and uh, Janet Petrucci was manager there, and I, I said, I want to buy the summa. I'm just. I'm going to read the whole Summa. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to start reading it. And and she said that she was waiting for the movie to come out because. <laughs> and uh, and I did. I went home and I started reading it. And the first article, I was just totally hooked. Maybe you can we can talk about what the first article is about. Mm-hmm. And i't I never put it down I just every night staying up until one or two o 'clock in the morning, and my wife saying, "Will you go to bed, come on, turn the light off and, and yeah. I, I just I just couldn 't put it down and, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I wanted to go to the primary text first, now, rather yeah. than what did Dr. Crave say about him or this and that I just for either out of arrogance or stupidity or hubris or whatever, I just wanted to read Thomas first before I read what everybody thought about Thomas. And so I just, I, I just, took me about nine months and I mm-hmm. finished it. And then the very next day I started it again. Wow. And it took me about, um, a year the second time, uh, reading through it, highlighting and notes. And, you know, you can see my summa. It's, it's all torn up and, you know, missing pages. And, uh, but, but that, that, that's, that's so a beautiful I, I, thing. I, yeah. I it, never, it, it yeah. you
5: love the text. And, yeah. And, and I
0: really did love it. And I, and, yeah. and I, I, and I also thought, I, I'm not a towering intellect. I don't have a PhD. Uh, I've only taken one, true philosophy class, because my degree was not in philosophy, my degree was in theology, and Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Bruce Marshall from SMU came over and was teaching a class in Thomas while I was getting my degree, Mm -hmm. and I took that class, and of course, that only increased my desire to learn him. And so that, yeah. that's, that's the backstory.
5: That's great. Well, Dr. Marshall's fantastic. And, mm-hmm. and let me just say I, I, it's neither pride nor nor hubris nor ignorance that would lead one to go to the primary text. In yeah. fact, that that's at the heart of what we are promoting at the University of Dallas, right? These these texts are made for everyone. The education yeah. that we provide, it's it's not Simply for the elite. It's for yeah. those who are willing to throw themselves into the study of primary sources to think with the great minds. And, and Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, his is truly one of the greatest minds, right? So yeah. one, one of the reasons why we, we go back to Aquinas again and again is because of the way in which he synthesized the, the old with the new, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? At the time mm-hmm. that, that Aquinas started writing, this, this fellow Aristotle was being circulated around some of the universities at the time, and and people didn't know what to make of him. Mm -hmm. He was undiscovered for much of the medieval world, uh, the the medieval times, because he had been um, more or less neglected in the fall of the, the Roman Empire, many of his texts did not make it through. We just had some translations from Boethius and those were just of his logical works. So all of a sudden Aristotle's physics and metaphysics and Nicomachean ethics were coming. And at the same time, there was, there was a real concern not to let go of the Augustinian synthesis, right? Mm-hmm. Saint Augustine, the, the, the first of, of the great Latin doctors of the church who had Done so much to set the early stage, right? So Aquinas brings those two together and sets the the framework for for the future. Um, the you know, w- one of the remarks that that Chesterton makes in his book on on Saint Thomas Aquinas, and I don't know if you ever heard the the uh, uh, the story about the time that that uh, the great uh, medieval scholar Etienne Gilson picked up this this. Biography of St Thomas Aquinas by G K Chesterton
0: The dumb ox, right That's right yeah, and and yeah. he
5: he 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 uh had just finished reading it one of his his colleagues walked into the room and he chucked the book across the room and his colleague said to uh Professor Gilson why why did you do that he said I've spent my entire life studying St Thomas Aquinas and this journalist <laughs> nails him yeah. after a few short years yeah. so um one, one of the things that, that Chesterton says there is, is that um, um, Aquinas communicates the, the language of nature, right? He he's the he he tells us how we think when we think well about mm-hmm. the world, about the nature of the human being, about the the, the moral life, right? And, and I think you've run with that theme in your own attempts to talk about Saint Thomas. Uh, you in fact wrote a um, a book called Saint Thomas Aquinas for Everyone, mm-hmm. and, and
0: uh, tell us tell us about that book. Well, the the thing that struck me when I read the, the Summa, and I and I don't claim to understand the entire thing. I sometimes half jokingly say Thomas didn't understand it all because uh, it, it, it can be complicated. And There's some words in their language that is, is difficult to understand, but there was a certain simplicity about it. That really appealed to me, and then as I started learning about the attributes of God, I realized that the first attribute that Thomas um, describes God as is simple, because I think we think God is very, very complex, but mm-hmm. Thomas says, no, he's, he's actually simple. Um, and, and, there, and I found that same uh, to be true with the Summa. Is that there was a basic basic simplicity about it mm-hmm. about how we can come to know God through our reason through our experience with the world and mm-hmm. and that that was what first struck me, especially with uh, like the proofs for the existence of God, where he 's using reason and not you know high lofty theology, of course you know taking these from Aristotle. And I, I started to say, well, this, this just makes sense to me, you know, mm-hmm. and then the, the attributes of God, I started incorporating into my prayer life and his simplicity and perfection and goodness and uh, infinite, and, and he's infinite and, and, mm-hmm. and one. And, and, and I, and all of a sudden I, I just, I just wanted to, I wanted to know God. Mm-hmm. I, I just had this, this passion to know God. Mm-hmm. And that's about, to me that that's a simple thing because I think everybody does maybe some people may not admit it or may not realize it but we all want God mm-hmm. and in our in our desire can, for God can be uh also seen in just our basic desire for goodness right, right? and Thomas would say being and goodness are basically the same anything mm-hmm. that has being is good and so mm-hmm. I thought okay well the whole world is good, right? right? I mean that tree and you and Sissel and the the grasshopper, they're all good. And the, so they're telling me something about God. Right. And so my and I, I tell my students, I say, if you you know, if you're desiring a banana split right now, there's something godly about that. That goodness in that banana split that you're desiring is telling you something about your desire ultimately. Now of mm-hmm. course, you know, uh, and so all of a sudden life started taking on new meaning because I could kind of see God everywhere in a yeah. sense in every desire, every appetite, my will, my intellect. And so, uh, it, it, it may, it, it changed the, the way I saw the world. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I started to, to get back to the book. I thought, well, you know, there are some of these things I could teach. You know my then five-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. You know there there are some things because she desires a banana split. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and I can I can connect that mm-hmm. that that's not she doesn't need a Ph.D. in philosophy to understand that. And mm-hmm. I thought well this, this is simple enough where I'd like to teach, everybody can learn mystic philosophy to some degree. Mm-hmm. And why wait if you're going to teach your kid a language you don't wait till they're in college. Mm-hmm. You know you, you want to teach them Spanish start when they're you know, six months old, right? Right. And so, why should we wait? And that—that that was the premise for my mm-hmm. book.
5: Okay, great, great. Yeah, there, there is. So, when when you think of what makes Aquinas accessible, right? Are, are you thinking primarily of the way in which our encounter with the world emphasizes the senses, right? So it's 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 quite basic. He argues that all knowledge ultimately derives from our our sense experience of the world, and yeah. and we build up these notions of of the the what and the what for of the beings that we encounter right the the Mm -hmm. formal cause and the final cause we start to see patterns of order in the world around us but it begins with this very sensual engagement that we have with with the world around us and children are great models for how that happens our our youngest child right now with Um, he's, he's nearly two years old and he's still in that, that phase where he is putting things in his mouth. And, and why do children do that? Well, they do it because your, your lips and your tongue are just full of nerve endings and it's a way to begin to, to come to understand the object, right? You're, you get a feel for it. You do that with your, with your fingers as well. And Aquinas has this, this tremendous gift for starting with those most basic Sense experiences of the world mm-hmm. and, and going right up to the, the nature of God yeah. and, and reflecting upon divine simplicity in connection with with the other divine names and that really is marvelous. So, um, what what about the, the the moral life that Aquinas describes? You you hit on that a little bit with the desire for happiness. Mm-hmm. What what else do you do you see um, really significant for our own our own age um, yeah. when it comes to Um, the moral reflection
0: well as you know the the summa has it's kind of kind of like four parts i guess you can say there's the first part the third part and the middle part has two parts right Mm -hmm. so you got part one of part two and part two of part two the middle part is all really about the virtuous life he gives an overview of them and then he gets more specifically into the cardinal virtues theological virtues and all the derivative virtues that go that and Mm -hmm. opposing vices and He starts that section talking about happiness, right? right? He talks about what ultimately is going to give us happy, and also what will not uh, ultimately make us happy. The things that we think of: the power, the the sensual goods, the you know popularity, money, you know, food, that kind of thing. And so everything. In the Summa is directed to our final end, Mm -hmm. right? I, one time, the second time I read through the Summa, I started circling every time he uses the word end. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're you're, you're (laughs) going to run out of, you run out of your pen many times because end, 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 you know, beatitude, uh, you know, even, you know, teleology and, you know, Mm -hmm. direct, directing to the end. So I saw that also, you know, he, he says that we are, we are um, we are good. Mm-hmm. We are virtuous. Mm-hmm. And so to be virtuous is natural to us, right? Mm-hmm. And to be, so some people would think that human beings are just, you, you know, it's like, it's in our nature to, to, to be bad. It, no, it's not. Our no. nature is to be good. Our nature is to be virtuous. So if we can just kind of follow that path and follow the path of, you know, the most infused virtues and acquired virtues, that's leading us to our final end, right. which, which is God. And so I, you know it's kind of like taking a trip if you're going to if you know i went last weekend to south padre island if we get in the car and dad where are we going i don't know yeah. well you're not going to go very far right? right so if your entire life is focused on your end mm-hmm. that's that's the virtuous life right and so yeah. you have to you have to practice the virtues learn the virtues acquire those which can be acquired mm-hmm. and then you know uh, be able to receive the the well the uh, at least don't put any blocks to the ones that are infused right that's right that's yeah. right
5: yeah so you know aquinas says many times right the, the first principle in practical matters is the end right yeah. the, so in your car example the first thing you need to think about is where are you going yeah. right then you then you're actually going someplace and i i love those those questions on on happiness where yeah he he, he holds up wealth and power and fame and glory and and even friends and asks, can, can they in fact be what fulfill our desire? So there's, there's, there's the desire for complete fulfillment and then there's the, the recognition of God as the fulfillment of that desire. It's not yeah. obvious to everyone mm-hmm. that God is what fulfills that God-given desire yeah. for himself. And, and Aquinas has this powerful set of arguments for why these things that so many of our, of our, um, you know uh fellow citizens fall into as as thinking of of being ultimately fulfilling and ourselves right it's it 's easy for us to think that that um something as good as friendship or food or or wealth, none of which are bad in and of themselves, but all of which are not going to be ultimately satisfying yeah. it's it 's only that friendship with with God himself who Aquinas says in in the second part of the second part of the Summa, um, he says that's that's what charity is. Charity is God's friendship for us, so that we can have friendship with Him. Mm-hmm. So, what one of the things that that I like about those those middle two parts of the Summa is you've got a, a reflection upon um, happiness, the structure of the moral acts, the virtues. Um, the passions and and categorization of the virtues, but it's it's from a kind of natural perspective, right? These are these are truths that are available to everyone. And then in the second part of the second part, he focuses on faith, hope, and charity. Those three, as you pointed out, those three infused virtues, mm-hmm. and that transforms the the examination of the acquired virtues those those virtues of of character and of intellect so when aquinas goes back in the second part of the second part of the summa to to reexamine the the cardinal virtues for instance it's it's a it's a transformed process because now we can presume the theological virtues of faith hope and charity and the the richness of his account is is remarkable. In fact, mm-hmm. I I don't know of a richer account of the virtues than that which you find in those two parts of the Summa Theologiae. So so thank you for for directing our minds to that. When 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 you think about the the challenges of our of our day and age, and and there are many. We we seem to be hitting a kind of triple whammy right now Bob, mm-hmm. in terms of of um, some of the the challenges facing. All of us, we've got the, the, the COVID-19, um, challenge. We've got the economic decline and, and that has certainly affected many people's lives. And, and then we've, we've had social unrest for, for some weeks here, right? So those are, those are some of the big challenges. But behind those challenges are, are other challenges that, that we, we often try to discern and, and make sense of in terms of threats to religious liberty and, and um threats to the dignity of the human person right so what what can aquinas do for us in trying to reclaim our culture
0: for christ mm-hmm. well i i think that's that's a very very important question right now and i don't think there i think there the the thomistic philosophy is so important now because of the way that Thomas frames an argument. And I know you know this, but for the listener's sake, when Thomas asks a question, the very first thing he does is he articulates his opponent's position, typically in in many different ways, through objections, okay? So, you know, does God exist? Well, he's not going to come out right off the bat and say, no, God doesn't exist. I mean, no, no, God does exist. No, he's going to give you the arguments for why God doesn't exist first. That's showing great respect uh for one's intellectual opponent mm-hmm. then he does the you know the um the the proof from some authority typically scripture or uh aristotle or uh, or somebody and then he goes into the his his, his, his his the corpus the basis for his and then he answers each one of the objections mm-hmm. i i think in the cancel culture that we're living in right now many people don't want to hear what other people have to think mm-hmm. you know like if if somebody works and i've used this example if somebody works in a corporation today and you know they put in a in an email even a private email and i think uh, you know marriage is between a man and a woman they will often get fired yeah. and it's not it's because no you're not allowed to believe that thomas would have never said no you you can't uh, oppose me you know mm-hmm. this is the answer and you have to believe this. And I think the church has been guilty in certain times in its, in its history of, of, you know, saying, you know, this is the truth and, you know, uh, but, but Thomas had a great desire to mm-hmm. know the every side of an argument and then come to his conclusion. There's even times he's disagreed with, you know, Augustine. That's right. uh, not often, but, um, y- you know, but he wants to seek the truth. I don't think we're living in a culture right now where everybody wants to seek the truth. Mm-hmm. We want to seek. Uh, you know, uh, the, the what the talking points of our political party mm-hmm. or of our cultural position. I mean, if if we're pro life, you know, we have to be able to understand why somebody would be pro abortion. Right. Because, you know, we have to at least respect them. We can't just say you're wrong. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's and again we only have a little bit of time here, but I, I think that's really why the The way that Thomas thinks is important in our age
5: I, I think you nailed it with that i mean that that is precisely what we 're missing the ability to to listen to understand, and then take it a, a step farther, as Aquinas consistently does to articulate mm-hmm. the position of our opponent to do so yeah. in a respectful manner if 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 we don 't relearn how to do that, then we 're going to be stuck forever in this protest culture where we yeah. just shut down or cancel the, the position of another. So I, yeah. I really do think that's, that is the heart of the renewal that we need to strive for in Aquinas as a wonderful model.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed being interviewed. Well, uh, it was, we're it was, it was great
5: to turn the tables on, on, <laughs> on the, on the radio host here. So thank you for letting yeah, me do that. I,
0: I appreciate, appreciate it. it. And, uh, you'll be back next month. Uh, God willing. And again, this is, uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford, uh, UD- udallas.edu is the website. And, uh, as far as we know, classes are going to be in person, oh, yeah. uh, probably yeah. with some modifications and, uh, that's all getting worked out. And yes. so visit the website and consider it. It's a great university. And I do appreciate, uh, you, you, uh, choosing me to be your subject today. Well, and I'm grateful to have you. Thank All you. right. Uh, thanks to Sissel Diane and to Becky Vasasky as well. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 9:10 a.m. on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show.
0: Hi, this is Dave here at the station. You know, we're all feeling the impact of the pandemic that we're living through right now. Every family has been greatly impacted. Small businesses have been particularly hit hard, and that's why I'm asking you to please keep all of our KTH 910 AM sponsors in prayer during this challenging time. Many of them have had to close down or limit their hours. When you hear of a KTH sponsor, lift them up in prayer, and also, as you're able, support them and thank them for their support of this station. Thank you. St. Francis Village is located on 250 acres on the shore of Lake Bembrook in Southwest Fort Worth. You will love to live your retirement here at this secure Catholic community. If you are 62 and independent, call Mike at 817-292-5786 walk to daily mass, and participate in various activities. You can even feed the deer from your patio. Rates include utilities for cottages starting at under $900. Call Mike at 817-292-5786 to get on the wait list and to begin living at St. Francis Village.
4: Catholic Charities Dallas serves 50,000
0: people a year. Our Time For Giving annual campaign funds 17 programs. St. Jude Center houses 104 seniors. Our food pantries have fed 24,000 families during the COVID crisis. Our education program prepares children for school. This year, we are unable to hold our annual second collection. We are relying upon generous Catholics to give at ccdallas.org to support our mission to serve all those in need. Now is the time for giving.
4: My name is Martha Eberlein. My husband Kyle and I are parishioners at Good Shepherd Catholic Community in Colleyville. At Mid-Cities Dental, we provide dental health services to our patients by helping them understand the relationship between healthy teeth and their gums and their overall health. We are proud sponsors of the outstanding programming you hear each day on KATH 910 AM. You can learn more by visiting midcitiesdental.com or by calling us at
2: 817-282-9321. Have a blessed day.
1: KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.